Hey, 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 recording live from the Golden State off the Game Changers podcast. Welcome to the Story of Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Gill. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on buildculture.co slash podcast. That's buildculture.co slash podcast. Or on Spotify and Apple Music, type in the Story of Leadership and you will find us. Got to say thanks to our sponsors and our special contributor, Kevin McLeod, who created this intro. Welcome to the show. We appreciate you, Kevin. Uh, we're recording this on June 24th. It's a Wednesday, and I believe the United States and California both just received their highest coronavirus daily count. And uh, that's all to say, just uh, wear a mask. Let's stop the spread of this. Um some countries like New Zealand, I think, and South Korea have already beaten it. Europe has gone down a lot. So it's crazy that the best country in the world, the United States of America, hasn't been able to do that. So let's get on that, right? Everyone wear your mask. Let's 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 finish this up, all right? It's been too long. Um, as always, resources uh, to learn more about um, our stuff, our leadership, uh, buildculture.co, especially with everything going on. Mental health is huge. Mind for your own mental toughness. Um, check out our guide buildculture.co slash mental health uh, really easy you sign up real quick and the guide appears um, all about teaching um, teaching us all the best ways to develop mental health in some of these stressful times so new topics today we wanted to cover uh, a little bit about of a recap from last time if you remember last time on our podcast we covered the last dance which was a docuseries by espn about the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. And when we talked about it last time, we covered a uh, individual in the Bulls organization, Jerry Krause, the GM, who had a certain number of non-leadership qualities. And we talked about him looking for credit, seeking credit, led to a lot of insecurity and led to him pushing out talent from the organization and thereby reducing, or excuse me, uh, destroying the uh, Chicago Bulls dynasty. So this time, we want to take it to the other end of the spectrum. We want to talk about an individual who personified a bunch of great leadership qualities, and that was the coach, Phil Jackson. Specifically, we want to talk about two leadership qualities that he really exemplified, Uh, two leadership qualities that we here at Game Changers, uh, we love love to uh, talk about, teach about, and, and express, and they are resilience and affirmation. Both are are awesome leadership qualities that you need to be a successful leader in the 21st century. So starting with resilience, a little bit of background. When we last saw Phil Jackson here, at least talking about him, uh, Jerry Krause, the GM, it was uh, July 1997, and Jerry Krause was looking for a lot of credit, as we know, right, Um, from the team getting five championships. Part of looking for credit, like we said, leads to insecurity and then leads to you know not trusting the folks around you and then thereby pushing them out of the organization or not looking for their help anymore and so that will that's what was happening here so jerry kraus was ready to push out phil jackson and phil jackson did not have a contract remember the team had five championships they're in the thick of things they're ready to keep going and win a final last championship and so Jerry Krause did not want the coach to return. All the players wanted him to return. And so the owner ended up, ended up having to get involved. And so the owner ended up uh, providing a one-year contract to Phil Jackson for one year. And subsequently, 
After that one-year contract was announced, Jerry Krause gives Phil a phone call telling him, I don't care if you win 82 games, this will be your last year as head coach of the Chicago Bulls. So we talked about this last time. This is really crazy, right? It's insane. There's no way that a an individual who's doing the best job possible, uh, bringing five championships, five opportunities to show the entire industry that, hey, I'm doing the best job out of anybody, that that they should be fired or let go for, for any reason whatsoever. So anyways, the first leadership quality we want to talk about here is resilience. And so how does Phil Jackson exemplify resilience here, right? So how does he respond to the situation? So Jerry Krause has given him a bunch of lemons. And so what does he do? He makes lemonade. He takes a situation he was dealt with and Phil builds upon it. How does he do that? So in the documentary, Steve Kerr, uh, another player on the Bulls, told us that Phil Jackson made a theme for every year, every season. And so that year, that last year, the year that he knew would be his last year coaching for the Bulls, for whatever reason um, that Jerry had told him, he decided since, you know, he was leaving, since uh, Michael Jordan had said he would not play for another coach, and Scottie Pippen was leaving, a bunch of players were leaving, he decided to make the perfect theme for that last year, and he called it, coincidentally, the last dance. So, I mean, pretty creative guy, right? Just think about the ingenuity of, of being able to create a theme that exemplifies the team the situation they're in, and the season that they're in. Everyone is leaving. The coach is leaving. Ownership has made that clear. And so instead of talking about, oh, let's just have, you know, let's let's be sad about the moment, right? Oh, that we're all not going to be together. He calls it the last dance, the last hoorah, the last chance for them to show the entire NBA and the entire world what they're made of. Phil was able to take a shitty situation, um, not show any weakness of the team, but was resilient in the face of it. He understood that this adversity that they're facing, whenever you face adversity, there's always a positive silver lining because adversity, as you know, um, cliche is right. It, it reveals your true character. And so whenever you're presented with adversity, like Phil Jackson was here, he was important and he was mature um, and, and skilled enough to know that there is a lot. There's a greater message here. And if you can find that greater message and if you can harp on it and if you can capture the emotion of the team in that message, then you can get your team to do anything. The 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 thing that really fascinated fascinated us about this was the power of his theme, right? It wasn't just a theme for the year. It was what we call a game changers a buy-in concept. It's a buy-in concept is is the ability to to spread a message to your team, to your organization that's able to transform the culture of an organization that's a that's uh that helps your organization reach the next level, reach the next plateau. Um, like I said, we call it the buy-in concept. A buy-in concept, what it really is, is it's a rallying cry or a slogan. You know, there's a bunch of examples of this. John F. Kennedy, 35th president of the United States, when he came into office, his buy-in concept was the new frontier. We're at a point here in American history where we're looking out to the new frontier where there's a new generation of Americans rising up to do great things for the country, right? New frontier, a buy-in concept that inspired millions of Americans. We're seeing it in, in modern day history as well. Uh, President Trump has also talked about make America great again. That's his buy-in concept. Whether you agree with it or not, it has inspired millions of Americans to take upon uh, his campaign and, and their, with their support, with their volunteering, whatever, right? Um, 
this buy these buying concepts you can find them anywhere right sports teams do them companies do them uh, politics politicians do them so they're really important because as long as you can have attractive branding right something that is marketable to the people but also something that's emblematic of the history of that organization or that group of people um, both of those things can really capture uh, can really can really capture the momentum of a moment for folks right um, if you have attractive branding then you can make it marketable it sounds good to everyone right the last dance new frontier make america great again right but also if you can capture like we said something emblematic of the organization something that captures the emotion right with with john f kennedy the new frontier americans have always been the pioneers on the next frontier right whether it was the northwest territory the uh the midwest um the plain states and then the west coast and then space right the next frontier we were pioneers um same thing with or similar with trump right um americans have always been very excited about us having a great country and so he's able to capture that emotion about making us great and so kind of stretching it there but it's the same concept right something marketable and then something something that exemplifies the history the emotion the identity of the organization or the people that you're leading so a lot of people might say that you know oh buying concepts blah 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 it's it, it sounds like it's just marketing you know um, but i'm reminded of a quote in Les Miserables, uh, Victor Hugo had said, no army can stop an idea whose time has come. And we bring that up because if you and your team can believe an idea this strongly, then anything is possible. If you can create a backstory for your buy-in concept that is so powerful, you can convince your team to do anything. And that's the power of a, a marketable theme, of a, of a proper buy-in concept, similar to like what Phil Jackson did, right? Taking the situation that he was just told by his boss, like, hey man, you can win 82 games next year. You can win all your games and you're not coming back. Like, I'm not having you back here. Like, you just, you know, I, I don't know what it is, but uh, personal or whatever, you're, you're just not coming back here, right? So for him to be able to capture that emotion that, hey, I'm not going to be back here and maybe some other players are not going to be here for that same reason, let's capture that into a real physical, real tangible emotion, the last dance, the last hoorah, the last time we're all around here. Let's capture that energy. Let's capture that emotion and let's show the people what we're capable of. But our next leadership concept that Phil Jackson truly exemplifies, that makes him a game changer, makes him a 21st century leader, is something we call affirmation. Affirmation is very seldom spoken of in mainstream leadership schools of thought. Why? You know, we're not really too sure. But what we define affirmation of is, and this will be a very loose definition because you got to have the backstory, always got to have the backstory for this stuff to make sense. But it basically involves building a relationship with your team based on, yep, you guessed it, affirming them. So we'll give you some background here. We're still talking about The Last Dance, we're still talking about Phil Jackson, but here we're talking specifically about his relationship to the team, his ability to affirm the members of his team, build long-lasting loyalty, and you know motivate them and empower them to be the best possible versions of themselves. So we'll talk about one of the pivotal players on the Bulls, and his name was Dennis Rodman. And I'm sure you may have heard of him, he most recently was in the news um, a couple years ago because he actually flew to North Korea 
Kim Jong-un has a very great relationship with him. And Dennis Rodman had actually convinced him to free an American journalist who was sentenced to, I think, 16 years of hard labor in North Korea. And so he was successful. The following year, Kim Jong-un released the uh, American journalist. But Dennis Rodman himself has always been a symbol of eccentricity. Um, very eccentric. Um, he was one of the first NBA players to dye his hair, had piercings everywhere, more so when it wasn't as accepted as it is today. Um, and so Jerry Krause realizes that this guy is very eccentric. He's very out there, very unique. But he says in the docuseries in The Last Dance, he said he wouldn't have brought in Dennis Rodman if Phil Jackson wasn't the coach because Phil Jackson could handle that kind of personality. You know, along with Dennis Rodman being probably the best defensive rebounding player uh, the league had seen up at, up to that point. Um, he was a very aggressive player, right? Fouled a lot, in your face a lot. Um, kind of like a previous former version of Draymond Green, or maybe the, the original Draymond Green, right? But there were a lot of situations here where Dennis Rodman, you know, having this loud, eccentric personality where he tested the leader. He tested Phil Jackson. And one situation in particular, and they talk about this on the docuseries as well, Dennis Rodman, it was the last season, right? Um, and for some reason, you know, he he needed a vacation. And, you know, NBA, play, NBA players, they usually work. I mean, they have games like about eight months out of the, the year, right? October to June to yeah, three. Yeah, about about eight, nine months, right? And the rest of the year is kind of like vacate, like, you know, you, that's your time to chill, right? You can you should still work out now, obviously, but that's your time to go go on vacation, do what you need to, that kind of thing. And so it's the middle of the season, and Dennis Rodman comes to Phil Jackson, the coach, and he says, "Hey, you know, I need a vacation." And then Phil's like, "Well, what do you want to do?" And he's like, "I want to go to Vegas." And so he brings in Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan's like, "What are you talking about? You want to go to Vegas? Like we're in the middle of the season." And so Phil says, "Like you know, he wants to go to Vegas. Like maybe we'll give him two days." And so they end up giving him two days to go to Vegas in the middle of the season. And he's supposed to come back for after the weekend, you know, for two days. And so he ends up not coming back, right, for a lot of days, maybe like five or six days. They end up getting him. He comes back. But what's really important here is how Phil Jackson deals with the situation, the fact that he was like five or six days late after he said he was going to be gone for two days. And what that does for his and Dennis's relationship, and that that relationship will sim- symbolize what really what we're talking about with affirmation. So when we talk about affirmation, like I said, it, it's building a relationship with your team by affirming them. And so how do you affirm them? Right? It, it basically is is uh, to affirm is to 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 make feel whole, to make feel solid, right? And so um, a really good moment, if, if you ever if you ever watch a couple of, you know, classic movies, Goodwill Hunting, there's a really important moment in Goodwill Hunting where Robin Williams character and Matt Damon's character, they're embracing and like in a hug, Matt Damon is his character is crying and Robin Williams tells Matt Damon over and over again, you're OK, you're OK, you're OK. So, I mean, da- Damon's character had grown up with a lot of problems. And so. Robin Williams' character was a psychologist, and so they were uncovering a lot of the issues he had grown up with, and it comes to this climax moment where he tells him, you know, in an embrace and a hug, like, you're okay, you're okay. And what that really does is it, it reminds, it reinforces to Matt Damon and his character that who you are as a person, what your identity is, it is okay, right? It is it is perfectly fine. It There's nothing wrong with it. And... 
you're you're a you're a worthy human being and so having this level of affirmation being able to command this kind of emotional strength as a leader that's truly powerful and it's especially powerful in a day and age like today in the 21st century with you know with the recent protests with uh, coronavirus going on the economy doing what it's doing it's really important and i think we're seeing it today how important the value of empathy is right we've never heard presidential candidates talk about empathy before leaders have never talked about empathy before Uh, it's really making a huge uh, huge renaissance today this whole value of empathy and it really has a lot to do with affirmation so getting back to what phil jackson does right how does he treat dennis rodman after his extra long vacation so after one week late from his vacation, you know, Phil Jackson tells a bunch of reporters, you know, Dennis, his player, he's a rebel. Part of him wants to join the group and the other part of him wants to be autonomous. And then he tells the reporters, you know, I appreciate the fact that Dennis is a maverick. You know, we appreciate that. And so off the bat, you know, he's he's telling the reporters and it's public. So Dennis can see this, too. He's telling the reporters that I understand who Dennis is. And I'm not faulting him for it. We understand that he's unique. He's a maverick. Part of him wants to be with the team. Part of him wants to be on his own, wants to be autonomous. And just recognizing that, just understanding that, creates a connection between him and his teammate. And that's super important for a leader to have. You always want to be able to, the first part of affirmation, understand your teammate, understand where they're coming from. And if you can understand them, you can create a line, a line of true communication. But what's the second part of affirmation? There are two parts. The first part being, like we said, understand them, understand their identity, understand where they're coming from, understand who they are. But the second part is celebrate that identity, celebrate that knowledge of who they are. So we get to another scene in The Last Dance. And Phil Jackson is in his coach's room. And in his coach's room, you know, Phil Jackson was inspired by a lot of Native American teachings and a lot of Zen Buddhist teaching, uh, teaching. So he had a lot of that stuff in his office. So Dennis Rodman walks in and he goes to one of the Native American artifacts and he tells the coach, Phil Jackson, I've got a necklace like that. And Phil says, oh, that's really interesting, Dennis. You know, that necklace is actually belongs to the Ponca Indians, Native Americans in Oklahoma. And those Indians, those Native Americans, the Ponca tribe, they always had one member of the tribe who was the Hayoka. And the Hayoka was usually a little different. They actually walked backwards, right? And then he tells Dennis Rodman, you are the Hayoka of this tribe. So think about that. Dennis has walked in. He's complimented a, a necklace, and he, he's brought up a, co- a point of commonality between them both. Hey, I've got a necklace just like that. And so what does Phil Jackson do? He takes it a step further. He says, that tribe actually has someone who's very similar to you. And that identity, that person, the Hayoka, they walk backwards, they're a little bit different, you know, and you're that Hayoka of this tribe. And so what he's doing is he's celebrating Dennis Rodman's identity. Now, this is super important in in, in being able to affirm someone, right, is you need to understand where they're coming from, who they are, what their identity is, what makes them them, and then celebrate it. 
because every individual we come into contact with, you know, they may not be perfect, but we can learn something from them. And that level of humility is what leadership is all about. It's being able to understand that the buck stops with you, but part of growing people, part of growing and developing accomplishments and organizations is about understanding that you need to work with other people. You can't do it on your own. Right. And so that comes with that comes uh, from humility. Uh, It comes from uh, building people up. And so that celebration key is huge, is really huge because you you can empathize with people. Right. Most people will call this. Oh, well, affirmation just sounds like empathy. Right. Yeah, it, it is like empathy. Right. Because to empathize with somebody, you understand where they're coming from. You understand their identity. You understand what they're about. But to affirm them, you are taking it one step further. Not only are you empathizing, but now you're celebrating who they are. You're celebrating the value they bring to your organization. You're celebrating the value they bring to you being on your team. And when you can do that, when you can understand someone on your team, when you can celebrate their identity and celebrate who they are, that's when you can create a true, true line of communication. Steve Kerr once again comes in the documentary and he tells uh, he tells everyone that, you know, Phil Jackson had a a terrific way with being able to really build um, a an area, a zone, a field of communication between the team. You know, they, they, they started every morning with, with gatherings, daily gatherings, where they would just communicate and just um, help, you know, just talk to each other and kind of build relationships, right? Now, after a bunch of those daily gatherings, any organization, any group, you'll have some relationships built out, right? Some here and there. But to be able to build communication to a point where you understand a team and you understand the people on your team so well that you can work together and you can prove to your industry six times that you are the best of the best, that comes with an, an added level of greatness it comes with an added level of leadership and communication and that's what affirmation is affirmation is really truly understanding your team member and celebrating them for it and if you can do that not only will you unlock the potential of your team potential that they didn't know that they had but you'll you'll be able to see what they can contribute to your organization and how they can build others even around them So Phil Jackson, everyone, uh, great leader. Uh, he's got a couple books out. I advise you to please check them out. Uh, one of them is called Eleven Rings, and the other one is called uh, Sacred Game, I believe. But you know, great, great leader. A lot to learn. Big things here: resilience. How do you do resilience? You build upon it. You build the theme. You build a buy-in concept. You give people a message to buy in. And the second thing is affirmation. You know, to really get the most out of your team, you want to affirm them. How do you affirm? You understand where they're coming from, and then you celebrate where they're coming from. You celebrate who they are. Thank you very much for listening today. Uh, We will be out here uh, next week or so. And um, if you ever have any questions, comments, concerns, or any feedback for us on certain leadership concepts or certain things you'd see like us to take out, um, and put down, you know, please reach out to us, you know, uh, reviews on Apple podcasts are always appreciated and, um, s- subscriptions on, on Spotify and Apple podcasts also very appreciated. Thank you very much for your time.